1: circus is is possible
2: this can be my life no one ever told me that i it's not something that people tell you at school. like oh by the way
1: oh, definitely yeah.
2: you know if you have a passion and that's what you want there is a way to make a living out of it it is work but like you say at the end of the day we we, we mostly work for ourselves we don't really have a buzz. I mean, mm-hmm. tech, the connection is very human. In the circus, no one can tell you what to do. You're always your own master. At the end of the day, you decide whether or not you want to perform a trick because it's your life that's on the line mm-hmm. or, you know, it's it's your health. Our show, La Galerie, airs on the very theatrical side of things. Um, Seven Fingers also usually create a very theatrical-looking mm-hmm. uh, circus. Other circus are closer to contemporary dance. Others will have a lot of live music. Our show also contains live music. There's no rules. So we could be singing, we could be dancing, we could be walking through the audience, we could be involving the audience in it. We could be, you know, working with a crane or, or, or throwing plates, breaking plates like Gandini did. So we are definitely not also alone doing everything alone. Mm -hmm. We have people helping us out a lot. But but I think circus, when you've seen it in the show, it's a lot about, it's not about like how every individual shines. It's about how as a team we can build things Mm -hmm. together. We try to be good team players Mm -hmm. because that's just more fun anyway.
0: This is Fei Wu, and you're listening to the Face World podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And on the show today, we have two guests, Vladimir Lusuba and Connor Houlihan. They're super interesting. So, Vlad and Connor are performers or slash acrobats for a show I completely fell in love with. It's called The Gallery. I watched the show uh, with my associate producer, Adam, during the Montreal Circus Festival. It was phenomenal. I know that we have a lot of circus actors, actresses on the show, and it's just because I find their lives to be so fascinating. Imagine people who travel in cohorts around the world, risking their lives every single day. That is something that we often overlook in terms of what their experiences actually bring to their lives. And that's why I wanna talk to them and get that information firsthand. I don't seem to get tired of it after all. So Vlad is a Montreal native and Connor is from the US. I think hopefully by that alone, you'll be able to tell them apart pretty easily. After the performance in Montreal, both of them are traveling to Edinburgh and Scotland next for most of August 2019. So if you're traveling in Europe, I think it would be a fantastic idea to go check it out. Here's a really interesting description of the show, which doesn't really give away anything, but I thought on the description um, of how these uh, theater cinemas decide to describe the galleries, quite fascinating. White. A plume of color suddenly appears. It is promptly cleaned up. The visitors at the exhibit are delighted to return to a monochrome perfection. Little by little, something seems off. Things go haywire. The visitors gradually penetrate another world. The set turns inside out. Color appears once again, but now it is indelible. Amused, intrigued, energized. Would it absorb them? After the worldwide success of its namesake show, Cirque's new production takes you to the boundaries of art. With enticing live music and breathtaking acrobatics, let yourself be drawn into this astounding and unusual exhibit. So, uh, yeah, that is the description, and I think it's uh, pretty accurate, but what you'll expect at the end of the show is that you really start to reflect and learn more about yourself. So, we had a deep conversation and discussion with Vlad and Connor about the show, of course, their own self discoveries as participants, or more accurately, acrobats in the shows. So, Connor's story was that he discovered circus arts and decided to pursue that when he was very young. I think he was only about eight years old. His parents said, figure out a way. So, nobody in his family were circus artists themselves. Vlad, on the other hand, he was inspired while he was in college. So he dropped out uh, as an engineering major and he began taking private lessons and literally spent every penny he had on these circus training private lessons. And as we find out uh, very quickly, it was all worth it. Working for the circus is another kind of what I think personal development or meditation for both artists. So their roles as part of the show or in general is referred to as porters. And in French, I believe it means transportation. Um, And the role indicates that they have to be basically at the bottom while supporting one or multiple people uh, on top of them, on their shoulders, on their hands and feet, and, and then flip them around and catching them all at the same time. So Connor and Vlad had to develop something that's hard to put into words. So what do you call that mental awareness to watch a 150-pound person perform a flip and then land on your shoulders without stepping away? And oh, we also talked about diet as well. And you'll be surprised to find out how they do it and how they approach life's many challenges. Without further ado, I'm so glad to be introducing two new acrobats on FaceWorld podcast, Vladimir Lusuba and Connor Houlihan. Thanks so much for listening and please connect with us at FaceWorld, F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D, everyone on social media. And while you're there, maybe you want to check out who we are and how we build the business around FaceWorld as well. You can learn all about that on our website, faceworld.com. I'll see you at the end of the show. Tell us about your experience working on *Paramour*.
1: Uh, I mean, it was it was fun. It was you know, New York is a huge city, and uh, it was fun. I mean, it was a big show. It was a big production. You know, as an American, I grew up loving musical theater, so that was definitely uh, it, mm-hmm. was, it was a a cool experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So my my story, my story. Um, as a circus artist, started, uh, started I, was, I grew up in Montreal, actually, oh, which again. really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it helps if, if, you, if you weren't born into the circus to discover the circus because we have, we have circus here, mm-hmm. which uh, is not true of all other cities. And for me, it started with the circus festival, actually, nine years ago. So actually, 10 years ago, I heard of it. And I heard of people working on that outdoor show. You've probably seen it in the municipal at Cirque. And at the time, I was just a normal guy. I was studying software engineering at. A, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, computer science. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a degree in computer science uh, from a stage of here, so like a technical school, and I was studying software engineering, kind of like. Well, this is the thing that I hate the least. That's
3: the one way to do it.
2: Right? So that's that's where I should go. And also, of course, like the prestige that comes with like being an engineer. I was thinking like, oh, being an engineer is something that's like quite high social value. So this is definitely what I ought to be doing. And on the side, my passion was uh, parkour, um, Mm. a little bit of, you know, a little bit of acrobatics in the parks with my friends. We were very much self-thought uh, and, and then we discovered some of our friends actually worked at the festival the first year and, and, and I thought, oh that sounds like a really cool summer thing to do and I auditioned for it, got in met up with all the students that were, the students from the National Circus School and the Quebec City Circus School that were performing in the festival and I decided like, wait a minute <laughs> I can make a li- I can this can be my life no one ever told me that I, it's not something that people tell you at school like oh, by the way,
1: oh, definitely yeah.
2: you know if you have a passion and that's what you want, there is a way to make a living out of it. you know there are, there are even like schools you can go to that'll teach you everything you need to to learn to to make this dream a reality. So I then started training for it. I hired a private coach from Cirque du Soleil, and I was spending all my money. <laughs> On that, more than on rants, more than everything. I was working with that guy three times uh, a week. I love him to this day. I remember the first thing he told me. His name is Sergei Volodin. He's one of oh, the coaches. Yes, you know, yeah. Sergei? So uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's a really lovely guy. And he was like, Blit, I don't think you can make it, but I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> I will mean, put all my heart <laughs> for
3: you. Inspiration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's,
2: he's a Russian, Russian guy, you know. Oh. like, and he did. And it worked. Yeah, and it worked, surprisingly. I don't know how, for the first three years out of four at school, I had an, an incredible imposter syndrome. I was like, I don't belong here. They probably got the wrong lad. Um, <laughs> but, but then, I mean, I guess it did end up working. The director of the Minute Complètement Cirque actually offered me my first gig, mm-hmm. which was uh, a cabaret in Germany. He introduced me to three other guys. Who all uh, went or, to Quebec yeah, City the, School, the and well. yeah, and they're in the show. Yeah, these three guys were like at the end of that gig. We're like, hey, do you want to stay with us? We're doing the street show. We're gonna to tour it all over the world. Wow, um, do you want to join us? And so I joined them on the street show. We've toured that show for three years, and then Machine got together and we're like, hey, do you guys want to create a show with also Connor's group?
1: Yeah, like Vlad said, growing up, people don't really tell you that that circus is is Possible and for me, I'm from from Minnesota and uh, went to a Catholic military all boys uh, high school. You know, so it's very like college prep. You go to the school, you go to university, get a good job, da, da, da. But I don't know. Maybe sophomore junior year, you start looking at where you want to go to school, and I was like, ah, this this isn't for me, and. There's a, a youth circus program in Minnesota that I had been a part of since I was eight. At that time, there were some older kids that were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go audition for this school in Quebec City or Montreal. So I was like, okay, so this, this is like a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to real college. Like, I want to go to <laughs> cir- circus school. <laughs> and my dad looked right at me, and he was like, you know what? If you can find a school, if you audition, you get in. And if you think you can make a living off of it, then go for it, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you go, know uh, that. Yeah. And, you know, I made it work. I got into school, trained for three years. Um, and I thankfully haven't really stopped working since then. So I've been pretty lucky.
0: Wow. So I remember one of you graduated in 2014 and the other 2016, around that time? Yeah,
1: I was 2014. Yeah, I'm 16.
0: Wow. Exactly. I, I remember just watching the show that you guys are in. It's called The, the Gallery or... legality. Like yeah, gallery. Gallery. Yeah, exactly. And it was just the whole time I was really... I always get really worried about you guys because <laughs> we whisper to each other. is like, you know, I saw you both carrying two other guys on on your shoulders and I thought to myself you know Adam was like they're 400 pounds <laughs> of dudes on their shoulders yeah. and it's very scary I was like okay don't move mm. your neck don't you know, like, what if, <laughs> you know do you worry about each other do you worry about yourself how do you get used to that
1: yeah I mean it, it's training you know we, we all take calculated risks do we take risks yes but we train we go step by step to be able to do anything you know we don't just do something uh, at a hash like, uh, yeah, recklessly. recklessly it's very much uh, step by step
2: mm-hmm. uh, yeah exactly the, the, that's, that's like a, a question that we get asked all the time and I think it comes from the fact maybe that what we do is very far away from everyday things but I like to give the example of um, using a knife
0: mm-hmm.
2: When you, give, you don't give a, a sharp knife to a kid because you know that he could hurt himself but you don't think twice about cutting your food with a knife because you're so used to it it mm-hmm. became part of your everyday life it's it's something you you know how to handle the risk and it still happens sometimes that you cut yourself while cutting vegetables mm-hmm. um but but the risk is very little and you know that you won't hurt yourself that much mm-hmm. so so we've just decided that there's this this, um, physiotherapist I follow that talks about acquiring new motor skills. And he says most people stop acquiring motor skills when they, you know, like when they're they're kids. Mm -hmm. The last thing you learn to do might be using calories or or tying your shoelace. And, And then from then on, most people, that's like a limited set of motor skills they have. And that's what they use throughout their whole life. We've decided instead of, studying you know <laughs> nuclear science or, <laughs> instead of outcome becoming outcomes, yeah, yeah yeah you know we've outcome decided outcomes. to dedicate our lives to coming up with new motor skills <laughs> and mastering them and so the, the thing you also don't see when you watch the show is all the skills we're currently working on mm-hmm. that we don't feel are solid enough or safe, safe enough up. to mm-hmm. be put in the show mm-hmm. and there's
0: a lot. When I started watching the gallery uh and not really knowing all the details about the show because the website truly tells you very little. and So I didn't quite know what to expect, especially at the beginning of the show with people leaning different directions and the gallery. Um, the canvases are all white. This is without giving away anything, right? Mm-hmm. And the next day, we're at this modern museum <laughs> of Montreal, uh, Montreal, yeah. and I found myself just leaning and we're <laughs> looking at, at each other. It's just like, what is... Going on. I mean, I finally reached an age, and it's like I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm looking at anymore because I have no clue. I don't know whether this is done by a child or someone who's 180 years old. And it's just like, what what is your feeling or interpretation now you've been in the show versus when you first enter the show?
1: <laughs> that's pretty cool that you you say that. I mean, that's what I hope that people can take away from seeing our show. You know, is mm-hmm. I. I would hope that everybody has access to seeing a museum at least once in their life. But just like you said, you you went to a museum and and you were asking yourself questions about what we presented because we're proposing Mm -hmm. questions to the audience. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I know that we do it too now and we we will send <laughs> each other photos of like, oh, oh yeah, look that, yeah. at what we found, like this exhibit. And it was never, our intention was was never with the show to poke fun at the contemporary art world, mm-hmm. um, nor was it to pretend that we were experts mm-hmm. in like contemporary visual arts. I think it was more like we've all had this experience of being in a gallery, and not getting it for example being like you know you always tell you tell yourself the reason why this piece is on the wall is because it has a value Mm -hmm. somehow Mm -hmm. why is it that i can't get to it and so i think we were poking fun at that a little bit so not necessarily the art world but more of uh, how it makes us feel sometimes Mm -hmm. and also in the show there's the the character of Pauline. So Pauline's character, and she's the one who doesn't pretend. Mm-hmm. She never does. I think all yeah. of our characters sometimes, most of the times actually pretend, but Pauline is always being very true to herself mm-hmm. and ends up, you know, at the end
1: going through it. Going
2: through the creative process yeah. or maybe, and, and so maybe also understanding by doing mm-hmm. uh, is something that the show could be about. It's, it's, it's about you know, you hear that a lot when you go to a gallery and People say, oh, I could have done that.
0: Yeah.
2: And yeah. the thing is, but you didn't.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And if you did, maybe it would change your appreciation of that thing. So that's one of the things the show is about. I mean, it's about a lot of things.
0: Hi there it's Faye and you're listening to my podcast called Face World. Today on our show we welcome Vladimir Lasuba and Connor Houlihan to our interview. They are circus performers currently performing the show called The Gallery created by Machine the Cirque. It's a show that has truly changed and transformed my life. I hope you enjoy it.
3: many things over the I guess only five years that we've been spectators are getting to be friends with people in the circus world it was the first high art that I actually got mm. you know my parents so we have these very close friends who we work with who are in Face Documentary who worked 40 years in the opera world mm-hmm. so I do absolutely respect that that said I don't get it mm-hmm. And it was sort of forced on me as a kid, and I'm like, "Oh my god, please just make it stop." Uh, much as we love them, like like brothers. So Cirque was the through Cirque first, and then Seven Fingers, and then then your show, and the other shows we've become aware of was the first meaningful art thing. It's like, oh my god, finally I get it, and opened up that world to us.
2: Well, I mean, I'm glad you're calling Circus a high art. I think it's a. I think it's a, it's a. I think we want to deserve that that. That label. I don't know if we're being given that label all the time. And at the same time, you know, the, the circus used to be a very popular art. Um, it used to be it used to be where the everyday people would go, uh, which is why there is still today a little bit of a stigma around and against circus. The, the stigma that we are trying to fight, but at the same time, we also don't want to to. Get too far away from that popular aspect of arts. I think that, I think that, people who don't like opera and who don't like contemporary dance or theater should come watch a circus show because that might be the the form of art they like. Mm-hmm. People who are a little bit like attention deficits or hyperactive. Come watch a circus show. Like we're all hyperactive and yeah. attention deficits. And even at that
1: you know you can take it for what it is. You can enjoy it. I saw it. There was cool stuff. Great. But if you want to go deeper, there's also a place for that as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, at least in contemporary circus, we try to. Mm-hmm. I think our art is also very ephemeral. You 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 know you watch a show that was the show you'll never see the same show again. Yeah. Even though we've we're gonna play that show hopefully hundreds of times, we'll never play the same show again. Yeah. Um, so there's this this I find adds value to what we do because it's the, because of the scarcity of it, the the fact that it's not something you can own and put on your wall. It's not something that you can play back again and again. Even if you film it, there's, it's really you know the difference between watching. Uh, Video of a circus show and watching the show live there's something you feel when you are in contact with the humans when you have a doubt as to whether or not they will land the trick that's pretty cool and then and then the 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 work aspect the it, it it's not a nine to five but it's it's also there's like scheduled it does take i don't know about you Connor, but for me when I have a show especially this show is quite new it's very hard for me to do. Other things in my day, yeah. it's no. not like yeah, yeah, it's not like I'll be going to the water slides first. Then, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I have to focus. I usually get in a little bit of like prehab training, stretching in the morning. Then like have a meal, I need to focus, get to the theater early because mm-hmm. we discuss um, notes and notes, small we, changes, things like that. Rehearsals. <laughs> there is the makeup. There is the costumes. There is there's a huge aspect of. Of logistics too we always have to take care of, like things break gotta get them fixed the costumes will break the set mm-hmm. will have to be cleaned so it is work but like you say at the end of the day we 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 mostly work for ourselves we don't really have a bus I mean mm-hmm. technically we have a bus but the connection is very human and and in the circus, no one can tell you what to do. You're always your own master. At the end of the day, you decide whether or not you want to perform a trick because it's your life that's on the line, mm-hmm. or you know, it's it's your health, mm-hmm. it's your future. So, so that I guess for that we're very lucky. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and not a lot of people see that. You know, you, you guys you come to see a show, and for that hour and a half, you know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. For us, it's we're there three four hours before the show. You know, and we have to kind of arrange a whole day around mm-hmm. that hour and a half that, that we're on stage. Mm-hmm. So
0: I find that to be very different than what people perceive as the entertainment world. We are using, you know, someone like Bernie Spears or I'm, I'm not really following the pop culture anymore, but someone famous, Madonna mm-hmm. getting on stage. They do a lot of work behind the scenes as well, but essentially all the logistical stuff is already taken care of, paid by them, and they walk on stage, the walk off stage into a limo, whatever. <laughs> and what I have witnessed at Tohu and many other um, shows is that i it, it's so close to my heart to see people getting ready. I've seen people getting ready and people standing behind stage. And I've seen, we're like, oh, long day. The show ends at 1030. Now we got to go back to the parking lot and drive home. That's a lot of work, you know. And, and I see everyone, you know, coming back on stage with all like drenched in sweat and they're like cleaning and <laughs> wiring and, you know, like it just goes on exactly like you said.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think superstars, sure, you know, they, they get it and maybe they have the composition it takes and the ego it takes to, to actually believe that people ought to do their, yeah. their, their, their bidding. I don't feel that way. I always feel very grateful for the technicians that we have oh, that definitely. help us out. That's yeah. like, there are the, the, there, you talk about unsung heroes, technicians, technicians. wow. wow. They put in... They're there before
1: us. They leave after us. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And they were there before we arrived, and they'll be there after we're gone, setting up everything, tearing everything down, making sure every light works. The smoke machine is uh-huh. A1. The, the place is ready. oh um,
1: There's a you know new coat of paint. Cool. Yeah. You know, we don't coat. notice it, but... They're there and they're doing these things. They do an
2: amazing amount of work. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And so for for me, anything I can do that's going to help them a little bit, Mm -hmm. make their life a little bit easier, I try to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually, you know, it's just like a karmic thing. Then you also, you know, they see that you care about them and you see them and they care about you and they see you. It's a, you know... Give and take. You know? Yeah, mutual benefit, give and take, exactly. So we are definitely not also alone doing everything alone. Mm-hmm. We have people helping us out a lot. But but I think Circus, when well, you've seen it in the show, it's a lot about... It's not about like how every individual shines. It's about how, as a team, it's we can team, yeah. build things mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. So we try, and, and I think it's, it's a code that we live by, and we also try and take that into the company with machine de with the technicians that are around us. We try to be good team players because mm-hmm. that's just more fun anyway.
0: How do you guys deal with um, injuries? I mean, this has nothing to do with a company. It just happens. Cause I, I happens when I reach out, reach for a towel at the gym. I was like, Oh, yeah. what just happened? Welcome to 30. So like, what, what do you guys do doing such an extreme?
1: I mean, warming up definitely, mm. it, you know, uh, injury prevention is important. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to do what you can and take the necessary steps to not get injured in the movements that you're doing. But at the end of the day, we're humans. We do make mistakes, you know, and we can get injured, whether it's just a little bruise or something a little bit more drastic, but yeah, stretching. And, you know, we, we always, we have a little physio kit with our, with us on tour and, um,
2: well, my my view with injury. First of all, every single circus artist is different. Yeah. Everyone is different in their way of dealing with with pain. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have someone, you know, like Antoine. Mm-hmm. He can withstand so much. Antoine is the. Um, the other flyer uh-huh. who, who just uh, all these crazy flips off the board. He can withstand yeah. so much. His tolerance for pain is incredible. Yeah. He, he can, I remember he's the a cat. He's, yeah, he's yeah, like he's a cat. A cat.
1: Yeah. Can, yeah. can, the, he just jumps around. The
2: first public showing we did, he twisted his ankle the oh, okay. day before and was like, did this tape and was like, I'll be all right. And he was all right, you <laughs> yeah. know, and, and, and that's when you realize like, um, there's a lot of mental, yeah. There's a lot of mental involved in how you deal and react with pain. Mm. And so, like, before the stretching, before everything, I think, like, first of all, being ready to be injured. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people, how many times have you guys heard? I know I've heard it thousands of times. Like, yeah, I used to do this sport, but then I got injured. And so I stopped the doing whole any sports yeah, just, just for just all my bailed life. on the whole thing. And that, for us, is crazy. <laughs> I, you know, William just recovered from an ACL, meniscus tear. I mean, they, his knee, the they, whole, everything he, in his yeah, knee was destroyed. Yeah. He had surgery six months ago, and you've seen him on the stage like, yeah. doing all exactly. these crazy things. You need to be prepared and ready. And it, there's a little bit of, like, self-destructive <laughs> urge, maybe, but it's controlled.
3: Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah measured yeah. risk.
2: Yeah, yeah, measured risk for sure. And then, and then of course... Doing everything to prevent it, of course. Doing everything you can to prevent injuries means, you know, getting enough sleep, staying hydrated, stretching. What I've noticed about injury for me is if I have an area that's painful, trying to avoid the pain is not going to be what helps. Actually, it helps me to go into the pain slowly, carefully and, and negotiate with my buddy. Be like, how much are you allowing me? right mm-hmm. now okay this is how much yeah. cool I hear you I'm not going to go further than that but the next day asking it again mm-hmm. and yeah. again and like this I found miracle happens
1: I mean it's just like training you know step by step like yeah. Will hurt his knee last summer and you're not just going to get out of a surgery and start walking and put mm-hmm. all your weight on it because I want to get back faster I don't know You take it slow you do your physio you know okay mm-hmm. then you start to put a little weight okay you're walking with crutches oh, next week you're walking with a cane Mm-hmm. Day by day, you know, and, and find out how to push that limit a little bit more and more mm-hmm. and see what your body can handle. And then eventually, you know, you'll be able to come back and maybe not 100%, but you'll be able to manage that a little better.
2: Yeah. And how many times have I seen friends that got injured and their injuries were actually a blessing for them because they kept on training? Let's say they couldn't use their wrists. So they started using their elbow to grab onto Mm -hmm. their apparatus and then developed amazing Mm -hmm. repertoire.
1: It allows even a creative
2: process. Yeah, creative process, exactly. exactly. The obstacle is the way.
0: Hi there, it's Faye, and you're listening to my podcast called Face World. Today on our show, we welcome Vladimir Lasuba and Connor Houlihan to our interview. They are circus performers, currently performing the show called The Gallery created by Machine the Cirque. It's a show that has truly changed and transformed my life. I hope you enjoy it.
3: Things I'm wondering is as you guys sort of go through your daily lives. So again, through martial arts, we have some experience of that. But you're walking down a street, or you see a ledge, or, or a distance. <laughs> is it like is your life different as you see? Oh, I could leap over that, or I could I could catch this, or is it like regular life and 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 circus performance are separate? Or do you actually see the world as like a different place now?
1: Walking through airports. Is, gives us a whole new meaning <laughs> <it>. after, <laughs> after doing this show uh, with the, the, with the, the retracting barriers
2: now every single
1: time we go to an airport, you know, of course you're going to walk through the line at a, and our minds just explode. We're like, look at the possibilities.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it definitely affects my daily life. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, just riding my bike, for example. It's it's such a pleasure. Well, because what we learn is to play with anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, there, there's there's such a thing as like work, and sometimes like, oh no, I don't feel like it. I'm not actually gonna, you know, I'm not gonna take the. The stairs. I mean, let the elevator yeah. take me up. You yeah, know? Yeah.
1: Well, this is a cool bench. Could I do a backflip off of it? Sure. But going I'm to- gonna sit. <laughs> on- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a normal person. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, our energy is pretty exhausted from 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 the show. Um, but then, I mean, just for, for especially for what we do, physical strength is oh, not yeah. something I just take for granted. I don't mind carrying heavy things yeah. for a long time. We're
1: everybody's best friend when they need to move. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Noted. When it's moving season, was like, oh. But it does become part of your life, of course, of course.
3: Not at a high level, but I did like low-level competitive billiards. And when I started in the, in the 80s and 90s, everyone's style was different. Because you were a certain kind of person, you train a certain way. By the time I went in the mid-late 90s, there was nothing to watch anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, because of you know, YouTube or video cameras, everyone had exactly the same stroke. Right. And I'm like, why even be here? There's really nothing to see. Right. And I've heard that in the circus world or any kind of world where there's, like, these amazing tricks, it goes both ways. Same as you know, Faye has some yeah. experience in the skateboarding mm-hmm. where... It used to be that, you know, if you didn't see, if you didn't go see him perform, you wouldn't see that trick. Right. Now it's on YouTube. Somebody halfway on the globe, some kid who's got nothing else to do all day, sees it. Yeah, so trendy, that must press yeah. the, the level. Oh, and at great. the same time, oh, I've already seen that. Yeah. I've already seen the 17 flip. So who can do 18? Yeah. That, that's that's got to push both ways, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and also, though, like you, you raise an interesting question, which is, is circus all about the tricks or is there something else that's worth seeing when you watch a show? Um, our show is packed with tricks but I like to think that that's not the thing that touches people the sure. most. Yeah. There's also how we approach the tricks. In our show for mm-hmm. example we tried to break the the formula the of, Yeah, the mold of like here's a number here's a little thing we do while we get ready for the next number mm-hmm. which is here and then we're going to you know and we've tried to we've tried uh, to it's, it's,
1: separate you know, from a, that. Yeah, our director likes to tell us that it, it's, it's one movement, you know, keep it one long
0: mm-hmm. piece. Oh, so sure. yeah. I felt.
1: It's yeah. not
3: jazz hands while somebody sets up the Exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah.
2: And we've really tried, and and so I think that's why, if, if you ask me why should someone who, who's seen a lot of circus show come watch our show, I think just to watch that process, actually, to to be surprised with like, oh, wait, the set changed? I didn't mm-hmm. notice. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, now they, or or... Wait, I thought we watched the hand-to-hand number already, but there's still... Okay, maybe there's no hand-to-hand number. Maybe it's... it's. So we've... I think that's what we've tried to do. And people will say, for example, that billiard example, well, I want to see where's that person who tried and developed a better technique? Mm -hmm. Could that be done? Mm -hmm. Um, But someone must be trying to do it. You know, it's constantly challenging ourselves. And it's Mm -hmm. true. Things are going fast. And we posted a video of of a move and... Mm -hmm. I felt flattered that in the next day I started seeing videos of people oh, attempting uh, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, ah, you saw it here first. All right. You know, like, yeah. it's, I think it's cool. It's- I
1: mean, yeah, it, it makes things more accessible, which is a good thing. Yeah. But at the same time, like, should, should we kind of focus on ourselves and what we're doing a little
3: more? Uh, you know, to recommend the show without giving anything away, I found a real smooth transition. Uh, first asking about the costumes, right? It's almost like street clothes, formal clothes, jackets and and. And suit pants, and the almost a sci-fi world that was created. So yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I want to, yeah, without yeah. giving anything away, I want to ask anything you want to say about that, or how it was created, or how it was like the rules of that world that we're discovering as we watch the show. If you know what I'm talking about, yeah.
1: Well, I mean the yeah the the, the costumes were were in a gallery. we we're, we're chic. It's the cocktail hour, you know. We're mm-hmm. a little snobby, if you will.
2: Yeah, and,
1: and then. We take you somewhere completely different. Yeah,
2: I like I like to think it's like David Lynch's Alice in Wonderland mm. kind of kind of universe where where yeah things start to get a bit strange, um, which which makes I think it's it's a good contrast with the sterile atmosphere mm-hmm. atmosphere of the gallery at the first and, and everyone being all yeah white yeah. and immaculate. So it's it is a metaphor. For for, yeah, I guess what it takes also to 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 create these places. Our idea was to have this parallel universe or Mm -hmm. looking glass kind of kind of uh, experience where these people live.
0: Yeah, I just couldn't recommend the show more because it was so different than at the beginning. I was like, oh, interesting, and part of me was thinking I need to see shows like this more honestly, as opposed to have a great relationship with Cirque du Soleil, but I would love to see more of these different shows now Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to shows that are similar to each other. Or, you know, there's a box that there has to be a certain budget, there has to be certain colors, Mm -hmm. everybody has to be in costumes.
1: There are so many circus companies out there, there there's so many different shows. Are they better or worse than each other? I think that's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's up to whoever sees them. Yeah. But one thing about Machine de Cirque and what we do, I, th- I think, is there's a, there's a part of us, mm-hmm. like, very personal part of us on stage that's yeah. that's giving it to you guys mm-hmm. in the audience, you know?
2: It's yeah. true, yeah. What you see is actually who we are. Mm-hmm. There's also, you didn't mention it, but there's also a difference of price in the ticket, even. Yeah. So, so usually a smaller circus company is affordable. The shows, most of the times, are amazing mm-hmm. anyway. And yeah. like you say, you really feel a kind of intimacy you really you really feel like you're close to people you can almost touch them sometimes you can't even touch them Mm -hmm. Um, and and circus doesn't really mean much we haven't tried to define it I'm glad you didn't ask us that question because it's a really (laughs) difficult question to answer but what I what I know what you can tell I mean our show La Gallerie Is airs on the very theatrical side of things. Um, Seven Fingers also usually create a very Mm -hmm. uh, theatrical-looking circus. Other circuses are closer to contemporary dance. Mm -hmm. Others will have a lot of live music. Our show also contains live music. Mm -hmm. So circus today really is just a word that that means it's live performance. There's a very high amount of chance that you'll see some impressive Mm -hmm. body tricks. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, there's no rules. So we could be singing, we could be dancing, we could be walking through the audience, we could be involving the audience in it, we could be, you know, working with a crane mm-hmm. or, or, or throwing plates, breaking mm-hmm. plates like Gandini did. Uh-huh. We could be, you know, cross-dressing and covering mm-hmm. ourselves with yeah. paint or... There's no rules, so you never really know what you're going to see, but you know for sure it's going to be something extraordinary. Which,
1: yeah, you know, I, I encourage everybody... Just go. Mm-hmm.
2: Just mm-hmm.
1: if you have access to it and you're able, mm-hmm. go. Yeah. You, know, you know, go see a show. Take a chance.
0: Yeah.
1: permission mission to say, if you don't know who we are, take a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you know, whatever company, whatever show. Oh yeah. If you see a photo, oh, that might look interesting. Awesome.
0: Are mm-hmm. you guys traveling to very soon to other cities?
2: Potentially. Uh, yeah, we go to. Scotland. You were heading to Edinburgh for the Fringe yeah. Festival.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll
2: be spending the month of uh, the August, August there, and there is an option for <laughs> us to be going to the States actually yeah. in May 2020, end of no, June Boston. June 2020. Well, I,
0: I have to ask this question because every time I after I interview. Circus artists or performing artists, people are like, why didn't you ask them about their diet and
2: their, <laughs> oh,
0: you know, yeah. how they, because, you know, you have to be health conscious, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, you have to make sure your flyer doesn't go over. For what I
2: noticed is the most important kind of, uh, of, of hygiene mm-hmm. is, is just like basic body hygiene and basic mind hygiene, mm-hmm. you know, just, just doing, doing things, yeah, not, not in excess, yeah, well, I just hope that um, whoever listens to this um, is inspired to go watch some live performance. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really have to be circus, mm-hmm. any any live performance, because there's something about watching other human beings doing amazing things mm-hmm. uh, that is so inspiring. And sometimes, you know, like that's what you need to be to feel inspired, and then to to give you that motivation. Mm-hmm to like you said you know start being physical or tackle this thing you've wanted to do for a while um you know any anything sometimes like motivation comes from watching other people do things mm-hmm. do things that's why that's why i think what we do is cool too
0: mm-hmm. wow yeah. i can't find a better place to end this and thank you so much out thank of your you busy guys. schedule yeah. Hi there, it's me again. I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode, and I hope you were able to learn a few things. If you enjoy what you heard, it will be hugely helpful if you could subscribe to the Phase World Podcast. It literally takes seconds. If you are on your mobile phone, just search for Phase World Podcast in the podcast app on iPhone or an Android app such as Podcast Addict and click subscribe. All new episodes will be delivered to you automatically.